How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Favors, free throw line, ball fakes, drives at green, collects himself, back up and under, fouled and finishes! Defense! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of December. Derek Favors practices and seems to be right around the corner. What does it mean for the Utah Jazz? Plus, did somebody save their season last night? That might be an overstatement. Or maybe it's not. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We do this every day, bring you the podcast. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for building it. Thanks for everything. Uh, here's the deal today. Uh, a little bit of a shorter show. I have a really close friend, probably my closest friend, who uh, has built an organization, dedicates a huge amount of his life to it, and uh, you know he has a breakfast this morning uh, that I'm going to head down to, and so it just limits uh, the amount of time I can get the show in. But the good news is that I have for you a Kevin Pelton Locked on NBA podcast, which includes some jazz talk as well as a bunch of other things. So make sure you go over to Locked on NBA today and grab that because that is that is the good news. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Uh, hopefully you know of Devin by now. If you're in the market to buy or sell your home, Devin Cash is the answer. Uh, Devin is a longtime Locked On Jazz uh, listener, was one of our first ever sponsors. Uh, I got to meet his nice son the other day as he brought him by the broadcast booth and hung out with us um, a little bit. So Devin's really a, he's, he's a nice kind of mellow guy who's into building relationships, helping you through the process, uh, I loved his line. He says he approaches real estate with the heart of the teacher. Uh, Zach Campbell is a Locked On Jazz listener who used uh, Devin as his realtor, and he sent me a little change of pin because he was in Hilo, Hawaii, and he changed his pin to Bountiful, and he said, my love of the Utah Jazz, your hard work and podcast, and Devin Cash is what got me to Bountiful. Devin really went to bat for us and uh, ensured we got into our home, not just a house. He kept us in the loop every step of the way, handled adversity like a champ. What most people don't realize about realtors is their ability to establish rapport with their counterpart plays a huge role in the process. Devin is simply downright good guy, which fosters positive relationships with everyone he interacts with. We had several other people vying for our home we purchased, and I credit Devin's interpersonal skills and real estate savvy to us uh, returning to the Mecca of the Utah Jazz in a perfect home. 
In addition to getting us into his most excellent home, uh, Devin facilitated my childhood dream of giving jazz season tickets. Devin will give you two pair of free jazz season tickets if you buy or sell your home with him. Uh, if, by the way, uh, that seems late to you, then he'll do equal value. So call Devin, 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. If you're going to buy or sell your house, use Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate, 801-759-1495. Right, let's go to pins across the world. Uh, and let me grab uh, – by the way, if you, you uh, get a chance, jazz holiday packages are also available, which uh, some of them are – I don't want to give you all the details, but some of them are really cool. All right, this is from Mike Pereira. I don't think it's the Mike Pereira that does NFL stuff, but he sent me a long story. Uh, so let's have some fun with him. Uh, I love your podcast and radio work. Thanks for your – okay. We don't need that. I have what I think is a great jazz fan origin stories. Apologize for the length. You're all dreading this. Hopefully we'll do it fast. Uh, I grew up in the farm town of Rochester, New York. My family wasn't into basketball, but I decided I was a jazz fan since age six and began June 6th, 1997. I don't know how game three of the 97 finals ended up on one of our whopping three TV channels in Rochester, but it seemed... Uh, I remember sitting on the ground two feet from the television, just totally engrossed by the sport. Utah was at home and dominating. The Delta Center was going nuts, so I immediately was drawn to the team in white, and Utah held on to win. Now, here's where it gets funny. Not only did I know, not know where Utah was, I had no idea it was a seven-game series. I fought, was familiar with the concept of the Super Bowl as a young football fan, so I thought the game I had witnessed was the one and only title game. And I thought game three implied the third game of the NBA playoffs, therefore the championship game. And I did not see any other games in the 97 finals. You see where this is going. I thought the Jazz won the 97 finals. So you're thinking, sure, someone will correct him soon. Nope. Again, my family wasn't into basketball, so they politely obliged my request for a Jazz starter jacket and hat without further inquiry. In rural western New York, my classmates cared about football and baseball on the walls, adorned pictures of Jim Kelly and Don Mattingly rather than Michael Jordan. Making things worse, I had absolutely zero clue Michael Jordan was. I had NBA Live 97 for Sega Genesis. I played it for hours, but Jordan's likeness wasn't in the game for licensing issues. Licensing issues that today, by the way, are holding up the new CBA. He was just a nameless shooting guard with amazing attributes, and I remember thinking it was terribly unfair that the game gave Chicago this random super player who didn't exist. I didn't watch basketball very much during the 97-98 season. I just occasionally looked up for jazz box scores. And part of it, uh, as a seven-year-old, is I didn't have channel-deciding authority very often. So the 98 finals roll around. My older brother tells me it's on TV, so I watch it. And I'm paying much closer attention than I did to see Utah repeat their championship. I'm paying attention to game one, having the announcers go on about Michael Jordan guy now Chicago is looking to repeat. Noticing my obvious bewilderment, my brother explains to me Michael Jordan is and no, Utah didn't win. I asked him what the heck they didn't tell me sooner. He says just to let me have my own personal joy. Unbelievable. But the damage had been done. I wasn't about to take back my dedication, so I was determined to jazz win in 98. And again, my heartbroken was twice in one season. I've been a jazz fan ever since, and I can't wait to get out to Salt Lake and see my first ever home game. That's from Mike, Mark Russell Pereira in Rochester, New York, who went for at least he, – he's better than us. He went for a year of his life thinking the jazz had won a title. Let's go to the tip-off story of the day. Uh, Derek Favors practices yesterday. Had some really interesting media post-game comments about dealing with the injury and manning up to uh, admit you're not strong enough uh, of where things are and uh, and getting healthy. And some some really interesting overall comments there uh, from Derek. But 
my, my, he's going to practice again today. Uh, I'll know more tomorrow because I'll go to practice today uh, for you. And he is going to then, uh, from there, uh, go through shoot-around and hopefully feel already. He says he's not pain-free, but he's better. And so he will, uh, my guess is he will have a physical conditioning as well as a minutes restriction, but probably more physical conditioning. And my guess is that he will come back playing as Rudy Gobert's backup center and to start take the minutes of Jeff Withy. The Jazz, when the season started, envisioned a rotation in which Favors starts as the power forward, Gobert starts as the center. The first substitution, depending on the opponent, is then either Boris Diaw or Trey Lyles coming in at the power forward with, so let's in this case just say it's for Rudy, with Favors sliding to the center. And if you start to allocate the minutes, and really, frankly, I think the Jazz envisioned it being Lyles, you have Gobert's going to play 32 minutes as your center. So Favors is going to play 18 minutes as your backup center and probably play the first six minutes of the first, the first five minutes or so of the third, as the power forward, that gets you to 30, you know, if you if you play six of both, it gets you to 30 minutes, and they probably actually envisioned it five of each, so it gets you to 28 minutes, and then depending on the, on the game and the matchups, likely closing the game with that same lineup. Now, where th- things get tight is who's playing all the other power forward minutes, um... And so you have a 30 power forward minutes, and they probably are 10 of them to Lyles and 10 of them to Diaw. If 20 of them to Lyles and 10 of them to Diaw, and Withy goes out of the rotation. But that that's how the Jazz envisioned this uh, the entire time. And when you start to look at, and I don't have this all the way updated, uh, but when you start to look at you know what's been successful this year, that's, that's again, this is another one where we can start to get kind of crazy excited about how good the Jazz uh, can be. Because if you, give me one second and I will load up my program. If you look at the Jazz two-man big groups, which have been all over the map and had to play with all sorts of different uh, matchups this year, you, what you see is that these work. And the ones that don't work are some of the, ones where you kind of have withy with a Trey Lyles or some of those kind of things. So this is not um, completely up-to-date. Uh, and I, if I do get it up-to-date, ends up what ends up happening is it uh, it ends up slowing down everything we're doing. So, But if we just kind of ran through it, Boris and Derek Favors have played three games here. This is a lineup the Jazz were particularly excited about, frankly. Um, they they really believe that this this one has great potential. It's only played th- three games, twelve minutes together. Uh, Boris Diaw and Rudy Gobert have played uh, together because of all the time starting together, and they have played thirteen games, two hundred and twenty nine minutes. They're plus fourteen 
plus 15 per 100 possessions. I throw these numbers around a lot, but just so you have an idea, zero means you're going to plus zero means you're going to win about 41 games. Plus seven or eight generally means you'll probably win about 50 games. Uh, so these plus 15s are just insane numbers. Uh, and then if you look, so Boris with Jeff Withy was a minus. And Boris with Trey Lyles is a minus five. So as the rotations start to get down to where they want, they should be able to avoid these. Now there'll be a little bit of an effort to try to get enough minutes in. You know, Favors probably won't play 18 when he first comes back, and there's probably going to be an effort to try to keep Boris and Lyles minutes up because they're both playing so well. And and you'll end up playing lineups you don't like just because you're trying to keep the locker room going. Favors and Gobert together have played 11 games, 127 minutes. They're plus 15. Favors and Trey Lyles together is actually a minus 3.2 in the 10 games they've played, which is interesting. The rebounding, I think the rebounding wasn't great if I if I remember correctly looking at that. Um, yeah, the offensive rebounding was the defensive. No, the defensive rebounding is fine. I guess they just, um, not sure what happened. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Trey Lyles is plus five. And eventually you start to work it. So maybe it ends up that Lyles and Gobert becomes a part uh, team. Diaw and Favors becomes a team. That's what group the Jazz uh, really, really liked uh, when the season started. And so you start to do that, and you also start to be able to avoid certain lineups that aren't as successful. So, you know, the Boris Diaw Jeff Withy combination is has not been a great one. The Boris Diaw Trey Lyles combination uh, has not been a great one. The Trey Lyles Jeff Withy combination uh, has been terrible. Uh, minus 15 in 113 minutes. And so this is where, if you have favors back, you're able to start avoiding some of these moments uh, along the way. So that's, you know, the way the Jazz envision this. I think he'll come back as the backup center. And then, and with these minutes will probably be the one, even though Jeff's played well, uh, that struggle or they could take it away. Someone's got it, right? This is, we're going to begin to work toward what we saw, which we planned for, which was these, this incredible deep team where guys like Joe Ingles and Shelvin Mack and Jeff Withy, who we talked about in yesterday's program for being so incredibly vital to the Jazz success, are suddenly going to be, uh, without minutes played. Uh, by the way, Jazz, uh, t- home, Wednesday against Russ and Friday against Dallas. Tickets for those are available at utahjazz.com. I told you the holiday packages are available as well. As we turn the calendar year to the next year, if you would like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, we do have inventory available, clearing up a little bit starting in January. So if you are interested in reaching a male audience between the ages of 25, actually really 18 and 44 or 25 and 54, both about 72% of our audience, depending on how you shake that down, uh, 97% male audience podcast uh, listeners have been 56% more likely to interact with their uh, sponsors because of the loyalty they have to the programs. Thank you very much uh, for doing that. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. Last night was wacky in the NBA. Uh, the separation that I begin to think we're going to see is just – not entirely happening. So Pacers, who have kind of been all over the map against the Hornets. Hornets, I feel like, are on the verge of taking that next step. Um, they've gotten healthy. They have Marvin Williams back. They've got kind of their rotation. They've got some – they're not great, but they've got the rotation back. They go play Indiana, who's been, you know, all over the place. We could have a long discussion of why everybody thinks Paul George is so much better than Gordon Hayward, and I still don't believe it. Um 
and yet I'm the only one. I'm just not on Paul George Superstar Island. I'm, I'm like the last person to not board it. Uh, but the Pacers go and win 110-94 last night. Raptors blow out the Bucks. But they're off. The Raptors' offense is incredible. Pelton and I talk about that for a while on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's uh, locked on NBA. But they scored 122 last night on Milwaukee. The Heat beat the Wizards again. Right when you begin to think, okay, Washington's ready to get going. They finally getting healthy. Their rotations are better. And they, they don't. John Wall drops 39. Bradley Beal puts down 29. And they, they don't. They don't beat Miami uh, in Miami last night. That's just, frankly, a win that if you're going to be uh, coming back from your earlier deficiencies, uh, you've got you've got to win. So that, w- that was strange. You kind of expect – this is where you, you expect these teams 30 games in the year to get going. Trey Burke, by the way, is having his best career year offensively. He's not getting a lot of time. His plus-minus is not good. Um, they don't love him. The fan does, base doesn't love him. But let's give the kids some credit here for a second. His shooting percentage is up to 43%, which is his career numbers were 38, 37, 41, now 43. His three-point shooting is at 40%. 33, 32, 34, and 40% uh, in his career. So uh, to his credit, just purely offensively, uh, he's only playing 11 minutes now. He's only averaging five points a game. Uh, but to his credit, he seems to be beginning to learn, as we've, all, as we've talked about with him, the ability to kind of when and where to score and how. Uh, last night he was just one of five. That happens to him uh, against a pressure defensive team like Miami. But I, I don't know. I'm rooting for him. Uh, Houston – Beat Brooklyn last night, one twelve, one eighteen. Houston's eighteen and seven. Uh, Pelton talked about them possibly getting to the two seed in the West, and then there's Denver, who you just felt like again they're going into Dallas. Dallas is beat up. Denver's this is one of those where you think, okay, if Denver's going to make a run, they're pretty good. They're going to get going, and they lose one twelve ninety two. Dallas was as healthy as they probably will be all year with Darren Williams and Wesley Matthews, Harrison Barnes all playing. Uh, Dirk is not playing yet, and Andrew Bogut is not playing. Uh, I'm not sure those two guys are, are going to get fully healthy this season. And yet, um, and Denver just seems to have too many players. Interesting to see if they can pull a move uh, off at some point. And then I thought this was a, a season-saving win for the Clippers last night. Uh, that could be an exaggeration, but uh, the Clippers win 121-120. wasn't entirely uh, that close. They they snuck by, um, but they were down in that game, uh, and I began to think to myself, wow, if they lose this game at home tonight to Portland, that, this is a real concern. Uh and they were down at halftime, sixty to forty-six, I think it was. And I, I'm looking, watching that game, thinking to myself, "You just can't come off losing five or seven and then drop it at home uh, to the Clippers. I mean, to the Portland." And and this is where this thing's. St- and I do think they're really fragile. Uh, they're so good, though. Kevin's point on the podcast is they're so good; it may not matter. Uh, but that was, I thought that was a big win for them. Last night, Portland slips to two under 500. They may just be a 500 team, which is interesting. Uh, Evan Turner's playing 30 minutes a night for them, and it just may not be working. 
Uh, they got hot for a period of time last year. Terry Stott's such a good coach. They evolved during the season. They still are capable of doing that. You know, somebody gets hot and goes and wins six, seven, eight in a row, it changes everything. That's what Memphis just has done, despite their injuries. Uh, so anyway, Clippers do win last night. And, uh, but I did, I did feel as I was watching that game, and maybe I'm overstating it, I just think they have a perilous existence right now. Uh, really just on the edge of, on the brink. Uh, by the way, just if you haven't checked it recently, Houston and the Clippers are tied for the third seed. Memphis is a game behind. Oklahoma City is two and a half behind. The Jazz are three back of the third seed. Portland is three and a half back of Utah for the eighth seed. And the Lakers with a loss last night are now uh, have slipped. And Sacramento is now ninth, uh, two games back. From Portland, so that win by the Jazz the other night, missing a bunch of starters at home against Sacramento was pretty important. I do think the eight playoff teams are pretty well set, unless Portland. Uh, Sacramento's differential is better than Portland's, but I and Portland's lost four in a row, unless something really catastrophic happens. All right, that is locked on Jazz today. Twenty minutes is not so short. I guess I just can't shut up. Hope you have a great day. Go check out Locked On NBA on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a good night or have a good day and be safe.